This is The Blunt Doctor Show on the best Wednesday, a great Wednesday, one of the best Wednesdays of the last decade. No, definitely the best Wednesday of the last decade because nothing, nothing in football has ever happened on Wednesday. Who cares? The Phoenix fucking Suns are in the goddamn NBA fucking finals. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Yes. Finally. Fucking finally. Oh, my God. Dude, years. It's, it, I simultaneously feel like finally and already. Like, already? Yeah. Finally? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is a unique experience because it's like we've been waiting forever for it. But we just built this team or finished this team on the fly with Chris Paul. And, like, no one expected us to be this good this quickly. Yeah. I did. You know, I I came on this show right here and fucking said this team is going to be incredible. But in the world at large, thought that was ludicrous. And I also did that episode where I fucking trashed Paul George and said, Devin Booker is better, blah, blah, blah. Well, here you go. Booker, you know, moves forward. Paul George doesn't. Dude, I'm like, I'm at a loss right now. Like, I'm so fucking happy. I can't even, you know, it's just like, this is unreal. Even even knowing how good the Suns were going into this season, you didn't see this coming. Or well, no, I thought this could happen, but just because I thought it could or would happen doesn't mean that it doesn't feel unreal when it does. Right. Like when you speak something into existence, that's not less amazing. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like I've been saying this shit all year, and so like I even though it, like I yes, I feel like I don't believe it, even though I totally believed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a two-way thing. It's like, I can't believe that we truly did it. I can't believe I was right. But, of course, I was fucking right because I knew it the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for real. I'm just, like, back and forth on it. But it just, I mean, this is just, you know, for Booker and Aiton, it's just all of the vindication in the world of everything. and Yeah, all that goes back to was he the right pick. Yeah, and it's just you can you never have to talk about that stuff again because if they win this title, rings matter above everything else. And you know, were the Suns to win multiple championships, they would never, you know, you would never change that. It wouldn't matter. Um, it's just it's just one of those things. And you know, it just goes back to you know people early in Booker's career is like, oh, he's a fucking empty calories. All he does is score. He doesn't play defense. He's not a team player. And all those people can fucking shove it. And it's just, you know, Chris Paul said in the, when they got the trophy, the reason he came to Phoenix was Booker. Yeah. You know, and that, that really says it all. As someone, you know, as old as him and who's been in the league as long as he has been, you know, for him to, you know, single out Booker is something special. Yeah. And Booker is one of those dudes who other dudes in the league respect. Yeah. You know, it's like pretty, Pretty incredible. By the way, this is Keith talking with me. I just yeah. realized I never even what fucking up? introduced you. Oh my god, I'm such a terrible host. That's how off I am right now. I'm just I'm not even hosting the show properly. But it really, you know, other dudes have always vouched for Booker as you know. I think it was Sirat Sohai on the Ringer who said that his, you know, he's always had superstar bona fides. Um, you know, just essentially that other other NBA superstars love. Devin Booker and you know it just continues to be proven Chris Paul comes you know Jay Crowder comes like those dudes don't show up for no reason it's because they want to play with Devin yeah you know so and I'm, I'm glad you know the rest of the country in the world is getting to see it 
Yeah, over the freaking ESPN announcers, like, visibly or audibly fucking cheering for the goddamn Clippers. Like, every time the Clippers do anything, they're like, well, that's incredible defense. And then anytime the Suns do anything, they're like, well, that's a mistake by the Clippers. It's like everything is a Clippers-centric view. It is. It is. And it's, it's satisfying seeing the Suns win after that, you know, <laughs> despite all that. And by 27 points, too. I mean, that was a beatdown. Yeah. That was an ass-kicking. This wasn't even... After halfway through the third, it wasn't even close. And, you know, the interesting thing is, like, you know, the third quarter has been our struggle. Yeah. And, you know, we we won every single quarter. We scored 33 points in three of these quarters. Only one other quarter we scored 31, I believe. Like, we scored 30 points in every quarter. Like, we won every quarter. Like, this was just – this was – this was just pure dominance in every sense of the word. And yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Cause yeah, at one point they cut it to seven and you know, in partway through the third, they were still in it, but it was like everything just, this game felt different to me. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way? Like I felt like, I felt like the Suns were in control the whole time. Even when the game got close, I just felt like, well, yeah, they got this. What well, seemed like we were getting easy open shots and they were struggling to make their shots. Like when they were, when they were hitting their, Threes. It was Boogie Cousins that was hitting fadeaway threes with two people on him. Meanwhile, we're dunking it with, like, you know, with, with no defenders in sight. So yeah, I mean, we made them work way harder in this game, obviously, than you know, game five. They didn't have to work at all. They had so many open shots, and Reggie Jackson got a couple of wide open dunks. And game five was like a you know a defensive nightmare. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to use the word atrocity because there's real atrocities in the world, but game five was like the kind of film that you show how not to play. You know, yeah. I didn't really feel like the Suns got punked or kicked in the mouth like everyone's you know it was kind of oh so i just felt like you know they didn't run a lot of shit that worked and maybe they weren't as aggressive as they needed to be and yeah maybe they thought they could have coasted i don't know but like if you got kicked in the teeth you don't come back out the next game and whoop ass by 27 like sometimes you just lose like you know it's a conference final you won't win every game yeah you know and the clippers is a they're they're a tough team yeah you know it's not even without Kawhi leonard well, that's, tough. well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they didn't have Kawhi, but Reggie Jackson made more threes than anyone in these playoffs. And yeah, he can't defend like Kawhi for sure. But Marcus Morris also shot out of his mind these last couple games. Like offensively, the Clippers, you know, had it rolling for quite a bit, even without Kawhi. I mean, they played really damn well. And it's like at this level, you can sit here and just miss me with all the, well, the injuries and blah 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 yeah again chris paul missed the first couple games devin booker got a broken fucking nose campaign rolled his ankle cam johnson had you know food poisoning today like just miss me with the injury stuff i don't want to hear it i'm sorry that Kawhi leonard's out i'm sorry that serge Ibaka's out this stuff happens yeah the whole point is that you build the team deep enough to withstand that and make it through and they did not do that no they didn't and it's you know it's sad that that's gonna be the the narrative surrounding these playoffs and you know we were talking about whether it's not this shorter season or whatever it's just maybe the luck of the job this time happens to be superstars that are getting injured not bench role you know role players but yeah i mean we're playing a lot of games sure but it's like it's just that star players are getting injured is why people are noticing like guys get injured every year yes it's been a particularly high number of you know star players this year that doesn't really mean really anything and and it's i could sit here and go back through and point to injuries 
in every single championship run. Anyone who tries to apply asterisks to championships is stupid. Anyone who tried to apply an asterisk to the Lakers title last year is stupid. A championship is a championship. And if you were the healthiest team at the end, that means you were the toughest, healthiest team, sole survivor team, as Duncan, my man Duncan Smith, uh, he's a Forbes sports writer. He does a whole lot of different. But anyway, he said, uh, he said that, you know, the team that wins this is the sole survivor, referring to like WWE or whatever. Oh, in any okay. case, he's, and he's right. Like, you know, you survived this brutal playoff run with your health intact and your team intact. Like, that's impressive. That's not something to be, like, ragged on. Like, it's just bizarre the way people want to tear down an impressive run. And, you know, of course, Suns fans aren't going to let him do it. No. You know, we'll never give a shit. You know, people tried to say the same thing about the Raptors. Like, the Raptors title, like, oh, well, Clay Thompson was hurt and Kevin Durant was hurt. But it doesn't matter. You play who's in front of you. You beat them. You're the champion. You made it to that point. They beat Giannis. They beat Philly that year. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. And this is a tough team. Booker got elbowed in the nose again tonight. After having it broken, and he got up and was playing, you know, within five minutes after that. Booker's a badass. Yeah, he's a tough son of a bitch. You know, he's just he's just another kind of dude. He's 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 a tough motherfucker, and he is, you know, I mean, he has become the face of this franchise. He's become the face of the Valley Sports basically since Larry Fitzgerald's star has faded a little bit. Like you would think it would be Kyler Murray. But, you know, with how popular the NFL is. But again, Phoenix is a son's town and Devin Booker is the guy around here. And, you know, he's our Kobe. And it's pretty awesome. Like, it's just pretty sick to see. Like, you know, at 24, not only did he get the validation from making the playoffs, he upset LeBron. I mean, in the eyes of all of us, it wasn't an upset. But in the eyes of Vegas, they called it an upset. But they beat LeBron. They beat the MVP in Jokic. Now they beat Paul George, who is in the midst of his best career run. You know, Reggie Jackson was killing it. The Clippers are a really good team. And, you know, people can sit here and say whatever about, like, oh, the, you know, the Clippers injury, blah, blah, blah. You know, they beat Utah. <laughs> Utah was the number one seed, and they beat Utah with this roster. So please don't tell me it wasn't enough. They got it done. So, you know, why, why does that not matter? All of those things, it means nothing to me. Like, I'm just pointing out that any comments people make about injuries or asterisks or whatever are stupid. The champion will be the champion and it simply doesn't matter, you know, who it is. You come out of this healthy and strong, then you're a badass. It's not something to be shamed for. So I'm just tired of hearing that nonsense. It's just cool thinking back, like before this playoff run, we were talking about if we were able to go through the teams that we would go through, it would be like, you know, one of the greatest runs in history. Yep. And we finally, we were able to do that. Yeah. So here we are, you know. Yeah. Like it is, it's an incredible run. Like, I don't care what anyone says. It's still LeBron and the Suns got through the Lakers. I don't care what anyone said. Jokic is still the MVP and the Suns fucking swept them. And the series was never really particularly close. And again, I don't care what anyone says. I had to sit here and watch every night while people were talking about how Paul George has been the best player in these playoffs and he's breaking records and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, fine. He's phenomenal, this, that, and the other, and his ass just got sent home packing. This has been an incredible playoff run, and now they're either going to play Giannis, who is in, you know, an all-time megastar, or the Trey Young Hawks, who are, like us, incredibly deep and you know, led by a young, awesome superstar with some veterans around him. Like The shit is cool, and 
Speaking of, you know, Hawks or Bucks, I hope both Giannis and Trey Young are okay. Like, dude, injuries are the worst. I, like, I hate injuries for everyone. I want everyone to be healthy. I wish Kawhi was healthy. Yeah. I wish LeBron and AD are healthy because I would have loved to kick all these teams' asses when they were healthy and have no one to have any fucking thing to say. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. The simple fact of the matter is injuries occurred. Yeah. But, you know, all you can do is deal with it. But I hope that both Giannis... No structural damage to Giannis's knee. Trey had like a bone bruise, I think. So hopefully, hopefully they're both back soon. It'd be interesting if they're both out a couple of games, and the conference finals are basically decided by the other dudes. That Chris, would be Chris Middleton and Kevin Herter, and you know that'd be some movie shit. Yeah, I would like that. You know, I mean that's the thing. It's like basketball is not a one person game. It's a team game, and so, like, if your dude is going to miss a game, like, you've got to be able to survive that. That's literally the whole point of the playoffs. You know, it's just the whole fucking thing. Like, people don't understand. Like, it doesn't – you can't just quit. There have been so many teams that fought their way through to another round while a player was injured or, you know, even won a title, you know, while missing a key guy. Like, the 2011 Mavs never got Karan Butler back, and they still beat the LeBron James Miami Heat. Like, shit happens. And so you just can't, you just can never quit. You just can never say to yourself, oh, this shit is over. And, you know, the, the, to the Clippers' credit, they did not. <laughs> like, you know, the Clippers didn't give up until they were down 21 with three minutes left in this game. Like, you know, I mean, they came out here and won game five. Like, they played hard. Like, you have to give them credit for playing. Like, I am not giving Pat Bev credit for fucking anything. That no. dude's a bitch. Fucking shoving Chris Ball on the back, man. Have you ever seen anything fucking like that? Like, that shit was fucking awful, dude. That's embarrassing. It was fucking terrible. It was like a complete joke, and I don't know. This game was perfect, though. Everything about this game, ignoring the grandeur of the finals, and like, everything about this game was great. Like, Chris Paul was phenomenal. The defensive rotations were so on point. Aiton was, you know, back to being Aiton in this game. He had like 16 and 17, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yep. I love seeing him crash, you know, get the rebounds. He was he was having one hell of a game. Yeah, and he he was really good defensively too. Obviously. Yeah, he he was every just everything was fucking working in this game. I you know I I was drinking and smoking the whole game. I'm just happy to be here and <laughs> bask in the glory of the fucking Phoenix Suns. I don't know what I watched other than the Clippers get their ass kicked, and I'm here to listen to you talk about what the fuck is going to happen in the finals and what I watched here. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's I appreciate it. I was drinking and smoking too, though, yeah. to be fair. That is as to my, be fair. As people are allowed outside the house, I think the biggest difference, honestly, in this game was, I mean, yeah, they attacked the rim, they played more intense defense. They they came out firing like like right off the bat you could see that Mikel, for example, was super involved on the offensive end immediately. Like everyone you, you had talked about that. Everyone played and shot with more confidence too. Like there were so many situations in the last few games where like dudes are catching and they weren't following the point five. Like, you know, a shoot pass dribble or, or shoot pass attack, like you know, they weren't following that, and dudes were standing around not sure what to do. And tonight, like, everything was aggressive. Booker went to the rim all the time, or, you know, he's flying off picks and, you know, running to the, to the you know, his little elbow jumper. He drew, you know, several fouls. But Booker was way more fucking aggressive in this game. Jay Crowder, last game, didn't want to shoot, 
was a little bit difficult, you know. 19 points today. 19 points. He was crazy from the three. He was fucking awesome. And to talk about Booker, how many times do you see Booker dunk it multiple times in a playoff game? He like, wanted this he wanted this win so bad. And he was like, yeah, he was like ferociously throwing shit down. Both of those dunks were fucking awesome. Dude, like they were dude, they were all I was looking at a Donovan Mitchell top shot earlier today and he was like driving into the basket and it was a layup and I was like, Man, I wanna see Booker go to the rim like that and he fucking dunked it which is even cooler so yeah i mean those both of those dunks were awesome and just booker's again he went to the rack with ferocity in this game he even you know there were a couple more times he did it where there were you know fouls on pat or you know he pat beverly drew fouls or whatever bullshit they called but i mean booker was fucking aggressive in this game they got they went to Aiton inside a lot on pick and rolls on you know, just just a ton of different plays. They went to Aiton inside all the time, which everyone was fucking screaming for them to do. But, I mean, honestly, the biggest difference between this game and last game is that last game, the Clippers dominated the paint and scored all the points in the paint, and the Suns didn't. And this game, the Suns not only dominated the paint, but also, like, bombed away from three. And the Clippers couldn't make, you know, they couldn't buy a three, really, in the second half at all. And that was basically it for them, like... Um, you know, because their offense is, you know, it's the whole live by the three, die by the three thing. The Bucks have continually failed in the postseason because so much of their offense has always been predicated on, you know, role players shooting threes. And it didn't work multiple times. Now they've made some more adjustments. They have a little more wrinkles. You know, who knows where it'll go. But, you know, the Clippers just were going to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. And even in the fourth quarter of this game, like... They're down like 15. You're still in the game when you're down 15 with like six, seven minutes left, especially when your season's on the line. You're not quitting. Mm -hmm. And they're just like jacking up 25 footers every time down the court. And it's just like, okay, so there's no crisis offense here. Like you're not going to the rim. You're not. They just kind of quit at that point. They quit a little early, I felt like. But hey, you know, they didn't have it in them. They didn't have it in them. And, you know, the thing is, is that I do think. Paul George has been a little bit of a qu- I mean, he barely shot in this game. At some point, I wonder, like, how gassed is he, though? Like, they were showing his minutes. Like, he did, like, he did, they talked about it. He wasn't aggressive this game early on. I think he started going to, he started getting some, like, he was drawing fouls in the third a little bit. He started going to the line. But uh, he definitely wasn't what they needed him to be, like he was yesterday. Like, I can acknowledge that you're probably tired. Everyone's tired. What more do you need to get hyped up and prepared for a game than game six at home to have a chance to get to game seven to be one win away from the NBA finals? Like, what more do you need? Like, I understand you're tired. Everyone's fucking tired. And I understand he's played more minutes. Chris Paul's 36 fucking years old. He's played a lot more years. So I just, I, I, I hear you and I hear what you're saying. And I hear what everyone else is saying. But like, Paul George was not aggressive in this game at all. And I just, you cost yourself a chance because you basically never gave your team a chance because you were never like he, by the time he was taking every single possession, it's like the game was far out of reach. There's definitely a problem when Boogie Cousins and, um, oh shit. Yeah. I forget who it Terrence Mann. And... I knew there was like a, it, it, at one point <sighs> it, said, it said Boogie Cousins and Beverly were like a total combined of like 24 points. It's a problem when those two combine are, Come on for more points probably than Reggie Jackson and Paul George together. Like 
that is a problem in an elimination game. I, I mean, they I would just, agree with that. yeah. I mean, there's no way that you're going to win. Like, even though, you know, Boogie and Beverly kind of provided offensive, you know, boost that ne- no one would have expected. Like, they also took some really horrible shots that didn't go in. And it just, I don't know, just Paul George should have been, he can't do everything all game. I understand that. But like, Look at what he did the previous game. Like you're gonna tell me he wasn't tired then? Of course he was, you know. And it's like it's like, well, it's two games. But like, if you want to go to the final, like, okay, if Paul George was like nine of twenty eight in this game and the Clippers lost like this, then I'd be like, well, you know what? The motherfucker went out shooting. You know what I'm saying? But here it's like he didn't even participate. He was kind of watching and like he got a little more aggressive as it got late, but essentially it was too late. It's like late in the game. He's four of nine. Like you can't be, who was guarding him today though? Like whoever was on him. I remember like they were fucking on him. We, we had Tory Craig on him at points. We had Crowder on him at points. We, we had Deandre Ayton on him at points. Like we did a phenomenal job guarding him, but it's still also like, the Clippers need to do something then, or he needs to get in Ty Lue's ear and be like, get me more pick and rolls. Like, there's got to be, you have to make adjustments in those situations. Paul George can't have nine shots, you know, in the third quarter or whatever it was. Like, Yeah, he's their star player right now. Here's the number one option. And look, at last game he was like 14 of 19. He scored like 40-some points. Like, he was awesome. In game one, he was awesome. I understand you can't be awesome every game, but I kind of feel like, Close out games where your season's about to be over is probably the time to at least shoot the fucking ball. And I know that if he had shot poorly, he would have been killed for taking so many shots. That's the nature of the game. You only get praised when you win. You don't get praised when you lose. But how is not taking shots the way to go out? How is, like, watching... And, I again, I understand some of it is the Suns' defense. The Suns' defense is phenomenal. But I still, like... Dude, then put yourself at point guard and run more pick and rolls and shoot off of those pick and rolls, like do something. And the Clippers didn't and they're going home. And, you know, everyone praises Ty Lue for all of his comebacks and his adjustments and everything. And, you know, tonight they didn't have any, you know, once the third quarter run started, like it was pretty much over. Like they were never in it in the fourth quarter. No. I mean, they cut it to seven at one point, but it just, this game was, was done. It It just, this game was done and very enjoyable game to watch in that respect. Oh my God. It was so fun for us. Like, you know, to realize we were, and I wish we had listened to Al McCoy. I forgot to listen to Al McCoy's call. We'll have to check out. I'm sure that'll be available. I'm yeah. sure that we'll be able to find, find that. Um, but it's really, truly, I mean, it's really, truly something else, man. And it, and the thing is, is, <sighs> It's not done. This is the thing. Like, you want to sit here and you want to say, you know, we did this thing that we haven't done in forever. It's so incredible. And it is. And, you know, they should be proud of what they've done. But they know and we know and everyone else knows that nobody, Chris Paul did not come to the city. Jay Crowder did not come to the city. Devin Booker did not come to this team to stop now. This team is now four wins from... Again, the first step in something truly special. Look at what this team is. This is a young core of young superstars who are built for the playoffs. This is not just a one-year run. This is not just a good, you know, fun story that ends here regardless of what happens in these NBA Finals. This is a team that is set up to do something special. This is a team that has a chance 
at, you know, that elusive four-peat that hasn't happened in so fucking long since, you know, there weren't enough teams for, you know, it to necessarily mean as much. There have been three-peats. We've seen it with the Lakers. We've seen it with the Bulls a couple of times. Um, But, and I'm not saying the Suns are necessarily going to win four in a row, but the point is, for all those teams that got there all those years in a row, the Warriors five times in a row, the Heat went four times in a row, you know, they came up short on winning all those years in a row for whatever reason, but the Suns are primed to participate in that potential run because regardless of what goes on with Chris Paul over future years, Booker and Aiton are clearly made for the playoffs. Do they need Chris Paul? Absolutely. And they're going to have him going forward over the next couple of seasons. But campaign is clearly made for this as well. Look at what he did in games one and two. Chris Paul didn't play, and somehow we're forgetting that campaign scored fucking 29 and led the team to a victory. Like, this team is more than just Chris Paul. And for all the credit that Chris Paul is getting and deserves, he didn't even play in either of the first two games. And everyone is sitting there. Chris Paul's leadership and this, that, and the other is true. His imprint on this team is undeniable. But what is also true is that this team is set up for something more than good and more than great. This team is set up for something fucking fantastic and world-beating and world-ending and world-destroying. And it is only up to them to do it. This is, I don't care what anyone says, this is the best potential dynasty in a very long time. The Suns are set up perfectly for this. The way that, I mean, now Robert Sarver is going to have to pay. And that always is the problem, and you're going to have to find ways to make enough money to make it happen, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? Winning a title gets you a lot of fucking money, and I think that they'll find a way to make it work. But there's very few teams that have a 24- and a 22-year-old tandem who fucking love playing together, who are awesome together, who are built for the playoffs, and who are locked in and want to be with the franchise that they're with. But the Suns have that. They've also got a 36-year-old superstar point guard who's playing like he's fucking 30 and is ready to fucking probably opt out and lock in for a few more years. You've also got Mikhail Bridges, who wants to be here and is ready to sign an extension. Cam Johnson's still on a rookie contract. Jay Crowder's on a reasonable deal. I mean, this team is fucking deep. And will you be able to keep everyone? Who knows? There may have to be changes made at times, but let's look at the person who's guiding the ship in that way. James Jones is fucking awesome. His his turn at, as executive, obviously he won fucking executive of the year. James fucking Jones, baby, executive yeah. of the year, raise a glass. I don't even know if I made a big enough deal about what a fucking huge deal it was that he won. Yeah. He fucking deserved it. Our only preseason award, I think. Yeah, yeah. The only award we got, we didn't get any, we didn't get six man, didn't get coach of the year, didn't get anything. But the one postseason award we got, fucking executive of the year. It was awesome. And if changes need to be made at any point, I trust him to make them. He's been the man so far. And there's no reason to believe that he can continue to do it. And that's the point. The cornerstones are all in place. The depth is there because of what James Jones has done. There's no reason to believe that this can't be continued because you're building around the guys who are already locked in. And all you got to do is continue to look for those fringe guys. Maybe Jalen Smith is a little better than we think. Maybe Torrey Craig can be kept around for another year. Who knows? Maybe campaign wants to stay in Phoenix innings and contract. Who knows? The point is this Suns team is fucking special and set up for so much fucking more 
than just these four games, but all of it comes back to these four games because I can sit here and prognosticate about the future and talk about what may be. I'm allowed to do that. It's fun. It's my show. I'm not a player on the team. On the team, all you have now is what's in front of you. And it's tough because truthfully, you're going to have two like generational superstars in front of you. Let's be honest about what Trey Young is. Obviously, we've got Giannis back-to-back MVP. No structural damage in his knee, so he would be out there. He's going to ball. He's a wrecking ball. Now, what do we know? DeAndre Ayton can guard that motherfucker. Keith, you and I have seen it in person. Hell yeah. We went and watched it. That was out with, without Chris Paul, too. Yep. And the Suns won that game because DeAndre Ayton played incredible defenses a couple years ago when Igor was coach. The point is, it's like his rookie season, but the point is, the Suns are uniquely prepared to deal with Giannis because of the fact that DeAndre can guard him. Trey Young, he's an incredible player. The Suns are uniquely prepared to deal with Trey Young because they have any number of fucking switchable wings that can be put into situations to deal with him. Now, he's still going to get some of his floaters. He's still going to get some of his lobs. He'll still get some of his step backs. We know that. But if that comes in one of those classic uh, 9 of 28 lines instead of one of his you know devastating 14 of 21 lines, then everything is a lot different. The Suns simply have the defenders to deal with anyone. And that's what it all comes back to is... Defense wins championships. We know it. It's been said a million times. We love to talk about Chris Paul's shooting, scored 41 tonight in literally one of the best games I've ever seen. This playoffs, by the way, full of some of the best games I've ever seen. Just some of the best playoffs ever. And the Suns winning the, the title in these playoffs with so many incredible games. <sighs> An unbelievable thing. And you do it with defense. You generate great offense by, you know, forcing bad looks and getting into transition. You kill another team's momentum by getting stops when they don't expect them by forcing bad looks and, you know, shot clock violations. And the Suns do it constantly. This team is not built to outscore anyone. They are built to defend the shit out of everything. And the two teams remaining in front of them are simply not. The Bucks are not a bad defensive team. Don't don't get me wrong at all. They're a great defensive team, but they are still built around this idea of Giannis wrecking ball, role players hitting triples. We'll go to Middleton in the clutch, and we're big and rangy, and we'll figure it out on defense. But do you really think they have anyone who can handle Booker, Booker and Paul on the backport? Like, maybe Drew Holiday. Okay, Drew Holiday can handle Booker or Paul. Can't handle both of them. What are they going to do otherwise? Is it Bryn Forbes? Is it Pat Connaughton? Is it, what are you going to do? How do you handle two fucking superstars? What do you do with DeAndre Ayton? Are you going to put Brooke Lopez on him? Are you going to put Giannis on him? Are you going to use, you know, Giannis as on Mikhail Bridges? Well, that's fine. You go have, well, have Mikhail Bridges stand in the corner. Like there's. So many things that the Suns can do. And by the way, Jay Crowder has experience defending Giannis in the wall in Miami from the bubble last year. Like, of all the teams that we could theoretically match up against, these are the best two. And it just doesn't matter which one it is. And it's going to be fun watching to figure it out. But it doesn't matter which one it is because the Suns are simply going to be the better team. They are better. They are deeper. This is our time. And... You have to look at that and realize all of the greatest players 
their you know their three peats, their whatever it was, their back to back titles. It all started with one fucking run, and in this case, a run that came out of nowhere. And they look at Michael Jordan and they idolize him, and they look at Kobe and they idolize him, and these are the fucking paths to greatness. Like it's right there for you, and I almost hope it's the Bucks because <laughs> the Tory Craig thing. The Bucks gave us Tory Craig for literally nothing. They just handed him over, said, "Here, we don't need this guy." And Tory Craig tore up the offensive glass tonight. He hit like I don't. I think he only had like one bucket, but he was such a factor. He was all over Paul George. He was all over the place in the biggest game of the Sun season when Cam Johnson went out. When Tory Craig had barely played in this series. He was a defensive force, a force on the glass all over the place and helped the Suns win. And the Bucks threw that guy away. They just said, oh, we don't need this. We don't need this guy. It's no big deal. We don't need depth, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And now he's going to get the opportunity to play against that team potentially. That's the big thing for me. He already got through the Nuggets who didn't want to sign him to a long-term deal. And then the Bucks just handed him over. So... If it's the Bucks, we get the, you know, the Tory Craig Revenge series, which I am here for. And if it's the Hawks, we get the 2018, you know, NBA draft series where Luca was supposed to be the best of everything, but looky here, it's DeAndre Ayton and Trey Young playing in the finals. No matter what, on the other side of this is probably a finals MVP for Chris Paul. Unless Booker plays out of his mind and averages 40, or DeAndre Ayton averages 30 and 20, Chris Paul is probably gonna get a legacy finals MVP, and I'm here for it. That would be badass. I'm all for it. I'm for the dark horse Aiton MVP. I'd be fine with that too. I'm fine for anything, but I think that I think that the outcome of this undoubtedly, I believe that Chris Paul will win finals MVP. That's what I think what will truly happen with this. I think that the leadership he has, you know, that they constantly love to talk about, they're going to he's going to get it. And, 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 hey, if Booker averages 40 or if Aiden averages 30, you know, then they'll, they'll get it. You never know. But I think we got a real good chance at a Chris Paul finals MVP. Yeah. That's like even odds. Yeah. And you know what? Just the fact that we have come this far, it means everything. And now I hope that the players understand that the fact that it means everything means nothing. Because now you got to break on through to the other side. <laughs> they want it. We want it. They want it. We all need it. And let's get this fucking championship, no matter who it is. Oh, yeah. Let's go, Suns. Oh, yeah. Suns and four. Suns and four, baby. <laughs> we are only four fucking wins away from... I mean, this is, you know... I, I don't even have words for it. Like, I've been waiting so long for the Suns to be this good and to break through here this quickly with this young group and then potentially have a shot at more a shot at you know legendary true all time greatness that few have ever seen when we were just so not that long ago just buried it's a story for the ages and I said it before you couldn't write shit better than this and you still couldn't do it today and I think it ends with a Chris Paul Finals MVP. 
and I am exhausted and I am hot and I am tired from screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and that is all I have left. Amen. Go Suns. Go Suns. And peace to you and yours.